I'm Chris Hagen. For those who don't know, I've been a language coach for many years. In my career, I've taught a wide variety of people from famous singers and radio presenters to doctors, uni students, and yes, even desperate housewives trying to find an English lover. I finally decided to share my thoughts, tips and tricks with the world. Also check out my YouTube channel if you want to see my ugly mush. So let's kick off this podcast with a great jingle. Doesn't matter where you are, in the car or at the bar. Is an anagram of risk. Chris. Hello and welcome to this week's special podcast about week and week. Going to start off with a little bit of poetry. Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday, christened on Tuesday, married on Wednesday, took kill on Thursday, grew worse on Friday, died on Saturday, buried on Sunday. That was the end of Solomon Grundy. And so, what do you hear about this little poem? First of all, have you ever heard this poem before? If not, why not? It's beautiful, very poetic. This poem we learn at school, and we have to learn it by heart. Now, what you might have noticed in there was the pronunciation of the days of the week. So, Mum, can you pronounce the days of the week again for me, please? Thank you very much. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What a good pronunciation she has. So you just noticed she actually said Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday. In fact, if we didn't say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it wouldn't rhyme with Grundy. So it would be Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday. <sighs> Doesn't rhyme. Sounds terrible, don't you think? So what you can hear is the fact that we kind of weaken the form. It's not strong anymore. It's not Monday. It's Monday. Monday. It's a lot easier to say when you're speaking naturally. I'll see you on Monday afternoon. I'll see you on Monday afternoon. Uh, Monday afternoon is a lot better. So learn this as a poem so you can get into the natural way of saying the days of the week. And just to prove my point, I'm going to ask my dad to do the same thing. who has a Belfast accent. See if the same thing happens or not. Solomon Grundy. Born on a Monday. Christened on Tuesday. Married on Wednesday. Took ill on Thursday. Grew worse on Friday. Died on Saturday. Buried on Sunday. That was the end of Solomon Grundy. Good. Okay. And now just the days of the week in order for me. Monday. Tuesday. Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you can hear, apart from the Belfast accent that he has, at the end of the day, the natural pronunciation became Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, as you all know, week is a homophone. Week and week. Week, W-E-E-K, and week, W-E-A-K. So week, W-E-E-K, is a period of seven days. But week, W-E-A-K, means lacking the power to perform physical demanding tasks, having little physical strength or energy. Well, we use the week, W-E-A-K, form when we're talking in English naturally. We weaken some words. What words are weakened? Well, I'm going to tell you. We weaken function words. Function words are words which are there only for grammar purposes. They need to be there in the sentence to make the sentence correct grammatically. Content words are the words which mean something. So if I want to tell you that I bought new shoes, I bought new and shoes are all content words because they're important. If I don't use those words or weaken them, you don't understand what I'm actually talking about. So content words in English, which are stressed, 
are nouns, adjectives, verbs, adverbs. But function words, which are never stressed, are articles, pronouns, possessives, prepositions, auxiliary verbs, and conjunctions. Now, when I say auxiliary verbs, auxiliary verbs are not stressed when they're positive. If they're negative, make sure you stress them, because if not, you could kill somebody. If I say, I can swim, and I say, I can't swim, Obviously, can't is more important because if you push me in the pool or push me off the side of the boat into the sea, I could die if I weaken the word can't. And so when it's negative, when the auxiliary verb is negative, it is stressed. Okay, it doesn't need to be stressed like you're screaming it from the rooftops, but it needs to be understood and heard. But if it's positive, it doesn't need to be really heard. And so we weaken it. So I've given my mother some sentences. I've written them down for her. She's not practiced them, like my dad who practiced Solomon Grundy for 20 minutes before we actually recorded it. My mum is just going to read naturally these sentences. See if you can hear in each sentence which word is weak or has a weak form, let's say. I'll meet you at seven in front of the cinema. My lesson is at nine o'clock. Okay, so in these two sentences, what word was weakened? My mother said, "ut." Not at, at. So in these two examples, I'll meet you at seven in front of the cinema and my lesson is at nine. She said at. Because if you say at, at, whatever you want to say, depending on what accent you have, it's too long. I'll meet you at seven. It sounds too pretentious. It's not nice. And it's not natural. So what happens is, what you'll notice, at is a very short word, okay? There's only two letters. The vowel sound, eh, has become uh. This uh is what we call the schwa. Now, I don't particularly like calling it the schwa for other reasons. That's why I call it the neutral sound. I prefer the neutral sound. Uh. It's as if somebody has punched you in your stomach. So what happens is in a word which has been made weak, so like we said before, function words, the vowel sound generally changes, usually changes into the schwa. So et has become ut. Let's have, Let's have a listen to another example. I'm from Bury. Victor's from Belfast. <laughs> Don't know what she's finding funny, but she's not drunk anyway, because it's only 11 o'clock in the morning there, so I don't think she's been drinking. So these two examples were, I'm from Bury, Victor is from Belfast, or Victor's from Belfast. I don't know if she contracted or not, but that's not really important in this case. So we're talking about the word from. So from is the strong form. And the weak form, the vowel sound has changed into the neutral sound. Uh. So from has become from. Another example. Let's see if she's still drunk. My house keys are made of metal. Glass bottle is made of glass. Okay, so we have my house keys are made of metal and a glass bottle is made of glass. Now here in the first sentence, there are two weak forms. R became a. Uh, my house keys are made. And of became of my house keys are made of glass no they're not <laughs> they're made of metal house keys made of glass could you imagine maybe in the future so her examples were my house keys are made of metal and a glass bottle is made of glass so of became of and are became a next example are you ready i can cook i can't cook now here the second one i can't cook you heard that she didn't weaken it also because my mother can't cook She's a terrible cook. She knows how to use the microwave. She can make some good cheese on toast, cheese and tomato on toast. But when she said, I can cook, can became can. I can cook, 
I Can't Cook. Now, obviously, this is a podcast. You can go back. You can rewind. You can go back 15 seconds and you can listen again. The magic of technology. Next example. Tomorrow morning, I need to go to the bank. I need to withdraw some money. So here, the word that was weak was to. It became to. Tomorrow morning, I need to go to the bank. I need to withdraw some money. Not I need to withdraw some money. I need to withdraw some money. Now, the next example, well, there's two examples, but you get what I mean. The next two sentences include the weak form of are and the weak form of to. So we have a and t. Are you ready? See if you can spot them. I'm sure you can. It's not that difficult. What are you going to buy? Where are you going to go? So we had what are you going to buy and where are you going to go? Now, in the first one, what are you going to buy? My mum actually combined going to into gonna. Now, this shows you that in England, we also use these gonna, wanna, whatevers. People say they're American, they're American. Yeah, but also in England, we use them as well. I don't particularly like it personally, but if you want to use it, okay, but maybe not in an exam. My mum is naturally English, and so she can say what she wants, I suppose. So, what are you going to buy and where are you going to go? R became a and two became t. I'm going to buy some tea bags. I also need to get some milk. Okay, so in this case, some became some. Again, the vowel sound became the neutral sound uh. Some, some. And also, obviously, she's buying milk. She's buying tea. We Brits, we like milk in our tea. If you're a British person out there listening to this because you didn't even know the weak form existed and you don't drink milk in your tea, send me a message because I don't believe you. I want a picture of you or a video of you drinking tea without milk. A British person, though, not a foreign person with all these fancy flavours and all this rubbish. Shall I open the window? Shall I close the door? So in this case, shall has become shall. Shall I open the window? Shall I close the door? I think that's what she said anyway. Another example. I think you're getting the hang of this now. I hope you are anyway. So one more example. Oh, two more examples. Go on. So three sentences in total. Two sentences and then another last sentence. Come on, Mum. I've been working all morning. I've been in the bath all afternoon. So, she's been working all morning. I've been working all morning. Been became been. Yep, like the place that you put your rubbish or trash, if you're American. The waste paper basket, because you put waste paper into the basket. Mm -hmm. The bin. So, been became been. Okay, and the last sentence is only one sentence now. Are you ready? She said that it didn't matter. Now, in this sentence, she said that it didn't matter. She said that because that becomes that. She said that it didn't matter. Now, just so you can see how loving my mother is because she really wants to speak to me on the phone. After I gave her this last example, this is what she said to me. Uh, is that it? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Is that it? You would think that she would be happy to be in her son's podcast. Apparently not. I'm obviously taking time away from her busy schedule. But anyway, so there you go. So that is the weak form. When you have one of the words that I told you before, the content or the function words, the content are stressed. The function words are not generally stressed. Unless you're angry, then you can stress them. I said at nine. We wouldn't really do that. Though. What the, why would we stress at? Oh. So the vowel sound in the function word becomes the neutral sound. Uh, 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 uh. If you want to call it the schwa, you can do because that's the technical terminology and all. 
and we lack a bit of technical terminology every now and again. But the neutral sound sounds much nicer. It's neutral. It's flat, like somebody punching you in your stomach. Now, these are just some of the examples where you can hear the weak form. So you can go through every function word, every preposition, etc. When you see the vowel sound, turn it into the schwa. Now, when you're listening to people talking and things like that, you will hear this happening before you probably didn't even notice it happened. And to be honest, neither do English people, unless they've been told about it. English people, English speaking people, when they listen to a sentence, they think they're saying it correctly, but they're not. Well, they are but they think they're saying it perfectly and strong all the time. Where in fact, they're not. They're actually making it weak. This is why comprehension of English is not easy. You need to know these little tips and tricks and you need to speak like we do. Don't feel stupid going around saying ut, from, und, things like this. It's correct. It's not wrong. And if your teacher tells you otherwise, change teacher. I've just realised I didn't use any of the little jingles. Hmm. What do you want? What do you want? Okay, let's go back over to the call and see what else we had a little chat about. Today, all about comprehension. So what's going on in your house at the minute? What are they doing? I don't, I, I don't know what, what he's doing. What are they doing today? There's a different fellow today. He's up in, he's, they made a loft in the corridor. They made a loft in the corridor? How? Was there space? Well, what a, did they do? Loft, Chop off half the upstairs bedroom? No, a loft hatch. You know what I mean? To go away onto the roof? Well, they have to go into the roof of the extension to for the hoist things ah in the corridor of the extension not in the corridor leading out to the extension no no in the corridor ah, in the... fact I thought I thought there was going to be a hatch to go up into the bedroom above didn't make no sense. no in the extension ah. they put, put the sink in the floor is down have the hatch to go where there's a there's room there's a loft space well there is in the roof yeah they have to climb into the roof and get all the beams and yeah. attached because the hoist is going to go through the ceiling in it so they need to know where all the beams are i imagine uh, his dad doesn't just use it because he's lazy to get him on and off the toilet you have no chance uh, I, I won't be, be maneuvering him about i know you could practice on it you use anything <laughs> and the covid thing there was happening with the lockdown nothing now are you in no, lockdown, we're, not in lockdown we're, just, we're just not well it's not locked proper lockdown we're just not allowed anybody in the house but obviously the whitmen have to come in because it's a necessity for leo but they come down the alley and go in the back doors they don't come in main house well no he was being sick the other night uh -huh. and now he's got the runs he's obviously eating some of this now what have you been feeding him Ru I don't rhubarb you've given him my rhubarb no i went, went apparently to... apparently rhubarb's a laxative did you know is that no didn't yeah you? i didn't know and that's why that's why i was asking if you gave him my rhubarb instead of sending it to me but I'm not so sure if it's in syrup, but so it's going to be very sweet. It might be. It might be in what's the what's the rhubarb in it? Is it in water or about syrup? Water, uh, I think. No, I think it's in syrup. But all you got to do is strain it and rinse it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, you could okay. even make a rhubarb crumble, couldn't you? I can. I had the worst apple crumble here ever the other week. Basically, there was like a millimeter of apple underneath it, and the crumble was soft. I'm, I'm, I'm nipping out, sneaking out for a meeting now, so... For a meeting when you shouldn't be meeting other people? I'm going to be telling that. Oh, they do social distancing. In our office, our new office. Uh-huh, with a mask. Have you got a mask? Yes. Yeah. Well, I've got a face, so... Yeah, yeah. go, go, go. Yeah, go on. All right, yeah, go on. All right, uh, see you later. See you, right. bye. Bye, 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 bye. Now, you might have heard my mother saying, he's got the runs. 
That doesn't mean he's running anywhere. It means he's got diarrhea. They were talking about my little brother, who's obviously eaten something that didn't agree with him. And also my father said, I'm nipping out. What does to nip out mean? When you say you're nipping out, so to nip out, I'm nipping out, it means you're going to go out quickly, not for a long time, and then you'll be back soon. To nip out. I'm nipping out to the shop to buy some milk. Two, three, four. Some grammar, some grammar, some grammar. Let's talk about some grammar, some grammar, some grammar. Okay, today I want to talk about something that many people, again, also English-speaking people, don't realise exists. It is the order of adjectives. Now, adjectives in English, we don't really tend to use a million of them before a noun. Maybe three. Maximum three. More than that sounds a bit weird. And so, but the order of adjectives, really, they have an order. It's true, there is an order. But we do it automatically as English-speaking people because for us, it's automatic to come out in the right order. Now, I had a look because... There is some dispute, let's say, between Cambridge and some other websites. But I'm going to give you the order of Cambridge because it's actually the one that I use anyway. I had a look at it and I thought, yes, I would say this. And so I'm going to give you the order of adjectives according to Cambridge English. The order is not easy to remember. So this is the order. And then you just need to try and practice by putting some sentences together. And the more you repeat these adjectives in front of the noun that you want, the easier it will get and it will become more natural. In fact, for English-speaking people, if you put the adjectives in the wrong order, it sounds really strange to us. If you say a Dutch big table, it sounds awful. A big Dutch table, perfect. So let's have a look at the order of adjectives. Like I said, it's not easy, but I'm going to tell you so then you know. So get a pen and paper and write it down. If you're driving in your car, don't do this. Listen after, okay? Write it down after. So the first one we use is the opinion. So oh, it's wonderful, it's magnificent, it's beautiful, a beautiful sunset. Okay, opinion is always first. If you remember this, that should make the first one quite easy. The second one is size. So big or small. Okay, the size. The third one, physical quality. This means, is it smooth? Is it rough? Is it thin? Okay, the physical quality. The fourth one, the shape, round, triangular, square, oblong. The fifth one, age, young, old, elderly, okay? Anything, any adjective that's connected to age is here. Then we have the colour. So the colour, you know colours, I think, blue, yellow, grey, pink, okay? Then the origin, like I said before, Dutch, um, you could even say European. You can say British, you can say, I always go to British, why? Pakistani, um, Chinese, okay, origin. Material, what's it made out of? Is it made out of wood? Is it made out of metal? Is it made out of steel or plastic even? Then the type. So is it two-sided, four-sided? And then the last one is the purpose. So if you're talking about a shopping bag, everyone goes, oh, I have a shopping bag. You don't realize that shopping is an adjective of purpose. So the purpose of that bag is for shopping. And so the purpose in this case is shopping bag. Okay, so let's talk about a shopping bag. I have an old shopping bag. I have an old red shopping bag. I have an old red Japanese shopping bag. Okay, 
you need to practice putting these adjectives in order. Like I said, write it down or go to the Cambridge website. I'm sure you can find it there. I found it there in the past. And just have a look at it and see which order the adjective should be in. Like I said, online, sometimes they invert the shape and the age. They play around with it a bit. And to be honest, really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really sound that bad. But some of them really sound bad. If you say a shopping big bag, it's awful. No, it sounds terrible. It's like, make your ears bleed. And so, like I said, even English people don't realize there is an actual, there is an actual order to the adjectives in English. They just do it automatically. And this is what we want you to do as well. The more you practice, the easier it gets. Okay, so try. Make your own examples and try reading it and reading it, repeating them as much as possible until it gets easier to you. And you can play it by ear then. If it sounds right, it's normally right. Like I said before, an old shopping Japanese bag, an old shopping Japanese bag just sounds terrible. So, okay. So practice with the adjectives. So today you've done a lot. You've learned how to pronounce the days of the week because you didn't do it right before. Right, you did really. I was joking. You just learned the week form, the more natural form. And then we talked about the week form. Soon I'm going to put a video on YouTube about the week form, but it will probably be a shorter version of this because I don't want to bore everybody. A 20-minute video on YouTube, people will turn it off very, very quickly. Also, don't forget to check out our autumn issue of the magazine Circuit. It is out. It is online. It is free. Go to my website. You can see the link for the magazine and you can download it. Also, remember to check out the YouTube videos. Listen to all the podcasts. Also on TikTok. It's all for free and it's all for you. I do it for you and for you only. Not for me because it's all for free. That rhymes. Ah, starting with a poem today. I'm becoming a bit of a poet. And so now I'm going to hand you over to the jingle. See you next week. Doesn't matter where you are, in the car or at the bar. Before you comes in your ears, another word for things is cheers. Here's the new kid from the block, here for you around the clock. Shining on his English lips, Chris. Is an anagram of risk. Chris.